0: I'm Joe Pardo, and today, my guest, not just today, I, I messed up my intro. My <laughs> you know guest, I my, <laughs> I don't edit either, so. Uh, oh, there you go, awesome. <laughs> my, my guest today is making her dreams come true by having focus, clarity on what she wants, and having a plan to get there. Dreamers, I'd like to welcome you to the show, and I didn't ask on how to say her last name before this, so I'm going to probably butcher it like I normally do. Lee Karaher? Ker- Ker- Very close, Karaher.
1: Just call Ker-her. me Lee. Like Cher, Madonna, Beyonce, <laughs> Lee, it all works.
0: <laughs> how are you doing today?
1: I'm good. It's Friday. Woohoo!
0: It is Friday. Um, Lee, why don't you get started by giving some background about yourself?
1: Sure. Uh, My name is Lee. I uh, am the CEO and founder of a company called Double Forte. We're a public relations digital marketing firm. I started 15 years ago last week. I'm an author of two books, I'm a mom, a wife, we've got two kids, good friends, and I just started riding horses again. So I'm going to call myself an equestrian.
0: Whoa, that's awesome! <laughs> You know, speaking of horses, you should give uh, Glenn the Geek a listen at the Horses Radio Network. There's a whole podcasting network just for horses.
1: I love it. Oh, I'm going to go down that rabbit hole. I'm never going to come back out. I don't know. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they do it. They do a radio or well, like a like a morning yeah. radio talk show every morning from like six a.m. to ten or nine like or race something like horses? that. What kind of horses? They talk all horses. They have like twenty oh, different shows on their network, and but but the horses in the morning them. is like. Oh my God. Glenn is hilarious. He it, it, it's basically like a just a morning talk show, but but they're all they're all horse people, and they have calling yeah. you know listeners <laughs> calling in and stuff. It's oh. really if you're getting into it, I I would highly recommend that you, you going check that on out. it right now. Um, so okay, so what uh, so with with all that said, like let's talk about um the digital marketing and and PR business that you started 15 years ago, which. Was it's is it crazy to think that 15 years ago was still in the 2000s? Oh it was still 2000 oh something. Well,
1: 15 years ago, Facebook didn't exist, and now half of our business is on Facebook. You know, 15 years ago, LinkedIn <laughs> didn't exist, and <laughs> you, know, you and I are connected on LinkedIn. You know, so, um, yeah, it's a little nutty. I, I mean, I when we started the company, I was like, I didn't have a 15 year idea, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So yeah, because like MySpace didn't even exist in uh, two thousand and two. Two nope. thousand two? Yeah. Yep. Oh man. So okay. So let's let's talk about uh, how you got there first. How did you get to like a, a, a digital marketing slash PR firm? Sure. Firm is firm the firm. right word. Yeah,
1: So um, my whole career has been in public relations or communications. I graduated from Carleton college many years ago with a degree in medieval history, which was very useful. And I moved to Boston and I worked for an agency there. And then um, one year um, I was just really depressed. It was January. And my, I went to the doctor and my doctor was like, you have sun deficiency disorder, which is called something different now. So you need to you need to go to a um tanning booth every day during the winter. And I'm like, I'm Irish. I'm going to be like a freaking potato chip within a week. I mean, that cannot be good for you. And he's like, doesn't matter. This is what's going to make you, sh-. you know. I'm like, oh, yeah, it matters. So instead of that, I moved to California. So <laughs> like I I'm not going to go to a tanning bed every day. Uh where is the sun? And where could I take my career with what I was doing and pretty much easily move. So I could do that in California. I moved to California. um, And then uh, in California, worked for another agency and then got recruited to Sega of America of Sonic the Hedgehog fame. And uh, it was an awesome job. job. Wait, wait,
0: wait. wait. Time out. Time out. What did you do there?
1: I was the vice president of communications, website, events, and um, public relations. Something
0: else. Oh, customer service. Well, they they could only hire like one person to do all these things. Well,
1: I was in charge. I mean, I had a huge team. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. Large. Oh, you were in charge <laughs> I had 650 of
1: 650 people.
0: Wow. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say the Sanke the Hedgehog money wasn't enough yeah. to hire more than like one person to do. <laughs> no, I had I was in charge of that. All. I had I, in of, I had 650
1: 700 people when wow. I was at Sega. Yeah. Um, and then Sega decided to do Dreamcast, which was a wonderful, wonderful platform. It is. It is, a, I mean,
0: it is. It, it is. It killed
1: the company, right? We knew it was going to kill the company. Oh, because oh, the Saturn,
0: because the Saturn was such a success.
1: No, well, I launched the Saturn, which we also knew was failed. But the thing about the Dreamcast was, the Dreamcast was a wonderful product, great software, great hardware, but the cost didn't work. Right? It was more expensive to make it than we ever made the money. And the tie ratio between software and hardware to break even was like three times the national average. I mean, it was just all wrong. And I had already launched three three hardware products and over 2,000 software products for Sega. And I was like, I probably shouldn't do this for my career, knowing what I know about the business, having just launched Sega Saturn and the 32X and the Sega CD. So uh, I went to – got recruited to um, – start an agency for Weber Shandwick, which is one of, owned by Interpublic, one of the largest media companies in the world. And then 9-11 happened when I was very successful there. Uh, it was crazy, but I was successful there and um, they were very, very generous to me. But 9-11 happened and 9-11 um, crystallized for me that, one, I had been on a flight from New York to San Francisco one week earlier at the same time. And I had two young children, and by that moment in time, in 2001, I had already flown 150,000 miles, and I didn't like it. And that was after the dot-com boom, I mean bust, right? And the company was doing all this changing and annealment and blah, blah, blah. And I re- they really wanted me to move to New York, and they wanted me to do other things, and they were very generous to me, but I didn't like any of those jobs. And I didn't want to be away from my family. Um, and 9-11 happened, and I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing it. I could That could have been me. I'm not doing it. So I um, exercised my contract. Uh, and again, they were very generous to me, but I just I just knew at that moment I shouldn't do this. I exercised my contract. I was going to take a year off. In the end, I drove my husband crazy, and we had termites. So those two things together <laughs> meant <laughs> that I had to go back to work. Um, and when I was looking, um, I was, you know, even in 2002, my experience, I had a lot of opportunities, an opportunity, and I was sort of pursuing two different opportunities that were much like my Sega job when my mom got diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. Um, and it was very clear right that moment. She was given four months to live. I was like, well, I can't go after either of these jobs because those jobs are nowhere near my mother. My parents lived in Wisconsin at the time. I lived in San Francisco. So I pulled myself out of those jobs. Uh, job hunts. And um, I'm the breadwinner in my family. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do? So my friend Dan and I, who would work together a couple times, were like, we'll just start an agency that we like, not an agency we hate. And that's how Double Forte started out of my need to be with my parents when my mom was sick. And she ended up living four years, not four months, which was a huge gift. And really put our whole family on a different trajectory than we had planned. Um, and I spent half the year of those first four years of my company in Wisconsin, running the company from Wisconsin, going back and forth to San Francisco, Wisconsin. So um that's how I got to this, right? And then for social media, which did not exist when I started the company, you know, um what I found is I am really good at running a company, which I, I sort of knew because I'd done it before. I really like I really like not having to do things I don't like to do, right? Not having to take business I know is stupid. <laughs> not having to work with people I do not like or I don't trust, which is when someone else is in charge. You have to sort of take the business in an agency world. You have to take the business to make the number, and it's just very challenging. Um, and so I was like, after my mom died, then my business partner left. <laughs> it was like a year. My mom, my mom passed away. We had a wonderful celebration for her life. My partner left the business, actually, and let the country to go learn Spanish in Central America, where one does. I don't know. And um it's like, what, what am I going to do? Well, I actually like being my own boss. I'm pretty good at it. I like doing the work I like to do. I'm really good at that. There's a business here. What's the plan forward? So the world was just starting to change then. That was 2005 when my mother died, 2006 then to move forward then two thousand eight happens the implosion in the in the uh, economy happens, and then like it's not an option, right I'm still got, you know baby needs a new pair of shoes, I got college tuition coming there's no opportunity <laughs> literally uh there's but there's lots of opportunity for my kind of firm, so that was when we did another pivot um changed the business model more, and then got. Uh, you really started thinking future on social media, digital media, PR earned, owned, the whole thing. And here we are in 2017, um, just past our 15 year mark. And actually I'm more optimistic about our future than I was when we started. So
0: <laughs> is that a long
1: answer to your very short question?
0: No, that's the answer <laughs> that I was looking for. And you gave timeline, which a lot of people don't for some reason, um, <laughs> Because like, you, know, you could say all that, and you'd be like, "Well," and my next question would be like, "Well, when did that ha- When did that part of the story happen?" You're like, right. "Oh, well, that was like 15 years ago," and it's like, "But you made it sound like it was like yesterday, last year, or <laughs> yes. like within the last three years." And that's, you know, I think context is is super important, especially within context storytelling.
1: Yeah, understanding, you know, every time in a business or your personal life, you know, you're making decisions every day, and uh, decisions towards something hopefully right as opposed to decisions away from something and um, if you can be in the mindset that every moment in time you could be making a decision that propels you forward the only way you can do that is if you understand where you want forward to be right so for us and my family it was very clear where we wanted that to be and how we wanted to live and particularly when I left um, the last agency I was very clear what I didn't want it to be. But I had not defined what I wanted it to be. And then uh, my mother's illness really crystallized for in a moment. Okay, now I know what I need. And then I could create a plan to go create that.
0: So how did your family take this departure from, like, big corporation life? Which, to me, <laughs> like, again, being a gamer growing up, like, that's awesome. <laughs> you worked at Sega. And, that's an awesome job. I mean, it, I you know I do have one other question though. Who whose fault was that that they decided like who made the final like it's okay we we know the Dreamcast is going to be like way more expensive than we can sell Mr. it for. Bak-M. Oh, and he's like, it's cool, we'll, we'll make it up and long- it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. It's a
1: Japanese-owned company. There's no well, yeah, that does not happen in the United States.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean. The, uh, I mean, there's lots of options. I mean, there were a lot of things in play, which I can't talk about. But it's not just as cut and dry as that hardware was too expensive. Right, right. There's right. a lot of other things going on, and um, which I was privy to. Um, but from I had been there five years already. Uh, it was 1999, 98. I wrote the plan. I basically I wrote the plan to launch Streamcast, and they basically executed my plan to the day. Um, but I didn't think it was – what I knew wasn't going to jive with what I thought where I wanted my career to go. The
0: The commercial that stands out to me was the one – I think it was like the football uh, for like one of the, 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 the 2K games or whatever. He's like, he comes in, he's like, I, I walked in, I thought the game was on. Like, you well, know, it looks so real. And it's like, you know, we look 2K. back at it like, come on. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> And then you look at the game today versus the game then.
0: And it looks oh pretty God. darn close Especially now. Like, we're there. Like, we're Absolutely. really there.
1: Are you looking at CGI? Are you looking at game coverage? Are you looking at video? It's very hard to tell.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, we can so, talk about uh, pixels all day if you want. Yeah. I love that.
1: <laughs> What's your favorite game? And now I'm going to ask you a question. What's your favorite game?
0: From the Dreamcast or from in general? In general.
1: Like, what uh, do you play today?
0: like i well i play uh player unknown battlegrounds right now okay. uh but before that like quake three uh was my big thing that's why I played like character? amateur i'm character sorry character what
1: games character side scrolling
0: uh i mean, I played Mario growing up like i i, I like it Dude. sonic, you know um oh are you? wait Tell what <laughs> What?
1: You choose Mario over Sonic the
0: Hedgehog? Are you kidding well, me? Well, no, I, I they go on the same, <laughs> they go on the same boat. I, you know, it, it, the oh, side scrolling God. thing, I mean, that, you know, when I was really young. Cuz you know what it is, I got into PC gaming in like 93. Oh. There you go. So, okay. so like I had the consoles okay, right. and like I love Mario Kart, I love uh, on the I had a Genesis, I had a I had a Saturn. Uh and a, I didn't ha- I did have a 32X, but there was like no games for it, so it didn't really
1: there were 72
0: games for 32X. Oh, in, in in wait in America?
1: In America,
0: I think we had one. <laughs> it was like I think it was the Virtual Fighter that came with Virtual it. Virtual Fighter Two, yes. yeah, big <laughs> game. I mean, I, I love the Saturn. Uh, Virtual Fighter uh, was it was a big. You know, I was a yep. big fan of that and um. Virtual Cop, Panzer Dragoon, yeah,
1: Bug Two.
0: Yeah, but I remember Bug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I never got into Knights. Like, I played it, like, once or twice, and I was like, eh, it just wasn't, like, my thing. I remember um, really liking Sonic Adventures 1. uh, And I think, I don't know if I ever played 2. I I remember, like, doing 1. I I definitely played 1 on on the Dreamcast. But uh, my favorite Dreamcast game, hands down, Virtua Tennis 2K.
1: Yeah.
0: Like I could play that for we could just sit down and start playing that for hours. Like I'll play it. So simple, so fun. Power Stone,
1: Power Stone, Great Power Stone
0: Two. uh, So your
1: question was, what did my family think when I left corporate America? Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, You know, I was not at Sega. You know, my it was really my husband because my children were so young. Um, My husband's hugely supportive. Yeah, we make those decisions together. Um, It was a 24-7 job, you know, because I ran uh, things in Japan and I ran things in Europe. So I had to be on all schedules. So 4 o'clock p.m. San Francisco time is 9 a.m. most of the year in Japan. And it's also uh, 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. in England. So my day was from 5 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day. And, you know, that's not how I wanted to live. Not how I wanted to live. And then in my other job, um, you know, I was traveling all that time. I was in and out. I was in New York. I lived in San Francisco. I was in New York every single week for 15 weeks in a row, back and forth, back and forth. And, um, you know, are you here? Are you there? Where are you and your children? Uh, and nine 11 really helped me, um, crystallize that This is not how I wanted to live. <laughs> so, those choices I'm not having to live. And so when, um, when, and my husband was very nervous. I'll, I'll tell you, it was 2001. Everybody in San Francisco is losing their jobs. Every, I mean, oh my gosh, everyone at my level in the institution, I was the last, last person standing in 2001. Um, and they were, uh, again, like I said, the company was so generous to me. But um after, the re- you know in the nasdaq crash of two thousand and then that how that all flowed um into the services business, particularly in the west coast, man, it was brutal. I was the last one of like thirty nine people at my level uh only one left and uh how you have to make choices there it's not that for me it wasn't that much fun and I said to my husband i'm like i can't i don't wanna this is. am i gonna am I gonna see you every other week couple days My kids were one and four. And so we said, okay, we're going to take a huge cut in pay. Um, I'm going to take a year off. We had the way that my contract was written. So I had a year off and we got the fricking termites. Then we had to replace the boiler. I mean, it was just like a comedy of errors. And then my mother got sick. So I was looking at these other jobs that would have been very lucrative jobs, would have required some of the same kind of time away from home requirement, but not like the one I had just had. But I would not have been able to control my time, and I would, and mm-hmm. that was not acceptable once my mother got sick. So um, we've sort of made those decisions together on that. Mm. You know, you mean I didn't make. I when I started the company, we didn't pay ourselves for six months. We paid everybody else first. I financed my kids um, basically clothing off of my Amex points for three years because it was a startup and a huge downturn. Two thousand and two. Oh my gosh. Um. So I really didn't buy any clothes for three years. Um, but my I bought sneakers basically. <laughs> but my children, I had one and a four-year-old who were giant. I mean, they were giant children. Um, my young my older son actually was off the chart. They had to add graph paper to the chart to put him on there, <laughs> and my perspective. So you know he he never he never um he grew out of clothes his entire life until he was seventeen before they could wear out. He's never wore out a piece of clothing until he was 17, so I really bought all their clothes using Amex points for the first three years of my business. Um, but that's you know what you do.
0: <laughs> well, you find a way, and and that's uh, so yeah. No, I don't. I don't blame you there, uh, Lee. I'm curious, what, what's your hobby outside of running your business?
1: So I said I just started horseback riding again. Um, I had wanted to start horseback riding in 2008. I'm really good with the numbers, actually. Now that I, I, now that you yeah you seen
0: the day, yeah, you've seen
1: the day. Uh, <laughs> September 13th 2008. I was sitting at my son's horseback riding lesson. I was like, you know, I miss riding. I want to ride some more. And I had an awesome team at the company. 18 people. We were doing great. Awesome team around me. It's like I don't have to work. I've been working my butt off. I don't have to work this hard. I can. I'm going to work this hard. But I'm going to work less. I'm going to work four days a week. So Sunday I figured out how I was going to do that. Monday. I walked in on Monday, the September 15th saying I am by this time next week, I'm missing, I'm, I'm going to be working four days a week and I'm horseback riding three hours a week. By noon, I was like, I'll be lucky if this company survives on eight days a week, 24 hours a day, <laughs> because it was just crashing down around us. Right. And this is the fourth time I've been through a downturn. Uh, not obviously of that magnitude, but a, a big downturn. And so um, I already knew, I mean, literally by noon, I was like, okay, our world just shattered. How are we going to get through it? How's the company going to go forward? Because I still have to pay to live. <laughs> 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 I'm still in charge. And um, my CFO at the time, he was halftime, um, and he was at this other job. And I'm like, get in the car. He was in San Jose, which if you don't know San Jose in 2008, it's as long as it takes to get to Los Angeles. It's <laughs> to get to San Jose from San Francisco. I'm like, get in the car come up to San Francisco. And by around 8 PM that night, we had penciled out all this extra cost. Like where's any penny we can get rid of without touching salaries or healthcare. And, um, Tuesday we ran all the scenarios and Wednesday I, I had a company meeting. I said, the world just changed. We're going to have to change. Um, and here's what that means. We're going to lose four. Man, this is why I projected. We're going to lose four clients. Three clients are going to shrink. And probably every client will go into review because that's what happens. Uh, And we lost four clients. (laughs) Three clients went into review. The three clients I thought were going to shrink actually stayed flat or grew because they got rid of people instead and they put all their costs below the line for our function. So that benefited us. Um, and then coming out of that, it was a question of, you know, a business model going into a huge event like that is not the business model you're going to take out of that event. So I spent a big, probably six months in 2009 sort of figuring out a new business model, um, which is what we have today. Um, and then it took a while to put that in place. But, mm. you know, your role, right? <laughs> your role with it.
0: So so horseback you. riding. <laughs> oh my gosh,
1: horseback riding I, I didn't do horseback riding because I was so busy. So uh so this summer I was like I can horseback ride. So horseback riding, oh my gosh, can you even believe that? Horseback riding. I love to read. I'm a huge reader. Um uh fiction and nonfiction. Um and uh entertaining. And then my husband and I love to hike.
0: Oh, very cool. Very and then
1: cool. I have a child who's really into sports, so I go to all his games. And I have a child who's a musician, who's now in college, but um, go to all his performances that I can.
0: Oh, I love it! I love it. Um... <laughs> yes, <Perfect> No, <writing. laughs> <hell>? <laughs> <happened? laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you
1: can edit all that out, Joe.
0: <laughs> no, I we don't again we don't edit here. Um, because I you know I got a child don't too with the second one on the way. So this
1: is gonna be like what. I'm gonna get the email
0: Yeah, we lost that recordingly. I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanna take a quick second to remind everyone that they are listening to the Dreamers podcast with your host, Joe Pardo. That that's me. Uh and I am interviewing Lee Carraher, right? Bam, got it. Uh of uh, of, uh, uh double forte, uh digital I don't have the name in front of me, digital marketing and PR. Did I get it right? Okay got it awesome uh and um so so lee i almost called you carahar um lee because i looked up at the name uh, lee how what's been your biggest roadblock i mean obviously we've we've gone over a number of them um you know a lot of them are related to the economy and it's understandable right Like, because when you're in in a In a business, I don't want to say fringe business, but you're in like an expendable business, right? It's like when you're looking to cut things, it's one of those things you'd be like, and it's one of those things that you shouldn't, right? Because you should see the value in it, but you know, people are like you, and people like me don't want to cut people's salaries. We don't want to fire people. We like Mm -hmm. so it has to go somewhere. So, what's been the biggest roadblock for you in business or in in life?
1: In life, um. In business, in my business, double forte, I think are, you know, we make choices that inhibit our growth, but in enhance our life. So that sometimes has consequences that you can't predict, right? Um, and we are below the line business, meaning you know people hire us to either uh, supplant or augment a staff they do or do not have. Um, so. We because we're independent and because we're small, you know, we're thirty people. We don't have the overhead of big agencies, so we we've pretty much weathered that situation. I would say the biggest the biggest roadblocks have been my confidence level, (laughs) frankly, in doing things boldly. And so there's things I do today that I wish I had done five years earlier. I'm like, oh, you kick yourself in the butt, Um, and than not wanting to take other people's money <laughs> we could have grown much faster if I had taken anybody else's money and I felt so strongly about not taking other people's money that that has inhibited some of our things but for me the price has been worth it
0: well you, you put a price on freedom so I it, it makes good. sense Well, you there's know?
1: more than, for me there's four bottom lines right the four bottom lines are money so money's money money's good um, uh, not working with people I don't trust or respect is a bottom line for me. So we don't work with, we fire those people. We try not to hire, work with those people. Um, and that, that means something to me. Um, sort of focusing on doing the, um, work that doesn't require us to work 24 seven with people who don't respect us. Right. I mean, a lot of agencies, uh, and the agencies I worked before, you know, the phones start ringing Friday around 4 p.m. Well, just because you weren't planning doesn't mean I have to work all weekend unless you want to pay for it. And being able to have those rules because we're independent is really important. And then um, number four is um, being able to have the flexibility to have a full life as defined by myself or anybody who else is here, which the only way you can do that is if you have a really high standard of work. right? So each of those four things together is the quality, is the overall quality Worth it. So, could I make more money? Absolutely. If I had bought, sold the company, if lots of opportunities to sell the company. Oh my gosh, there would have been money involved. It's not a huge amount of money, but if there would be money involved. I wouldn't have to worry about payroll, but I would have to do all these things that I really don't value, right? So, living within the value system that I have, being able to um, provide that that uh, that economy of four business models to people who value that, and then. Obviously, we're doing something. We've been around for 15 years, and then being able to uh, participate fully in other things, um, those are valuable. Those are bottom lines to me.
0: Oh, I I love that, and um, it's it's great to see that people uh, when when people get that that there's more to like because you know I know that in business, I mean, growing up in in the family business and all, like it's real easy to fall into that trap of like. The money is the most important thing, and everything else will take care of itself if the money's right. And it's like it can, but chances are someone's going to be the sacrificial pig, right? Like your health is going to, to deteriorate because you are the one that's worried about it. You become the the golem or the golem, however mm-hmm. you want to say it. And mm-hmm. and you know it, it's not intentional. And a lot of times it's it's because they mean well when it, when they set out those intentions of like the money is the most important thing. Gotta get the money. Gotta get the money. Get the, the money. You know it's 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 not it's not good well, there's
1: a cost to money right there's good money and there's bad money um and the thing about other people's money is that they have an agenda for it, and like I have an agenda for my money when I put it somewhere you know if i if I give money from double forte to another company to do a service for us, well they better perf- they better be performing at the same level as we perform for our clients or they're not gonna be my provider anymore. That's a high bar I get it not worth it to me not to have that high <laughs> bar right so you know you have to live with your own standard um also it's you can it's challenging not to to have that double you know to have the double standard does not work
0: long term mm mm-hmm. no i agree um lee when you were growing up what was your childhood dream you know
1: i thought i was going to be my father is a cardiac surgeon he's one of he's Pretty been influential in cardiac surgery in this country, um, helped create the balloon, helped create the stent, helped create, I mean, all these things, right? And I really thought I was gonna be like my dad. I worked in his labs, I operated on pigs and dogs and all these things, and I really thought I was gonna be like my father. Um, I really, in his, you know,
0: shave a lot of lives,
1: right? Um, I went to college and I realized I hated all those courses. (laughs) And I was like, ooh. Um, and I decided that uh, I would instead be a medieval history major, like I told you. And I called my dad to tell him I was dreading this phone call. And I was like, "Dad, I made a decision. I'm going to be a history major." He said, "Thank God." And I'm like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "I would not want my lifestyle on you. I would not, you know." And, and healthcare has changed so much since when he got into it. But you know, just the the uh, the cost of being a physician today is very high, um, and the risk is very high. So he said, I wouldn't want that life for you. I'm like, well, you could have told me that a while ago. That would have been very helpful. So then when I was in college, it was, I just want to be interested. I want to be, I want to, I want to participate. I want to make a difference for other people. Um, and how can I do that? Um, and it took me a while to figure that out. But in this company, I'm able to do that.
0: Well, you know, a lot of that carries over, though, scientifically dissecting things, uh, you know, as far as social marketing and marketing mm-hmm. and um, the, the psyche and all that, the, all that makes it, you know, makes it work together. So, you know, the skills that you learn, to, you know, dissecting or, 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 mm-hmm. or helping put pigs back together or or whatever, (laughs) you know, that, that, those skills and and the math that goes into it and the calculated risk, Mm -hmm. you know, all that factors in. So that's, that is, that is cool that you're, um, well, you know, not physically taking things apart. Um, you are, uh, that's why I really value
1: the, the Bachelor of Arts education, you know, a full rounded education. That's not just specialized when you're 18. Like, you know, Hmm. (laughs) <laughs> no, I agree. I so agree. Lots of things and having this interdisciplinary, uh, things. And so I like to read a lot because I think that helps. And I think most leaders, really good readers are, you know, reading the average C, the CEO, a good CEO reads as subjective, but you know, CEOs that are successful in general, read about 60 books a year. Um, cause they're looking for ideas. They're trying to test things They're testing their own thoughts. And, uh, and that's you know, sort of the definition of leadership, right? It's not just staying static.
0: No, I, I, I'd i agree. Well, the static ones end up in history. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, well, in the, in... Everybody
1: ends up in history.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, well, that's okay. So that's not exactly what I meant, but I think the you know what I meant. End
1: up as example of what not to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Generally not the good history. So, right. so with that said, what are your dreams for the future looking like?
1: Um, I'm very focused on, um, a few things. I, my second son has special needs, so I'm very focused on, my husband and I are very, very focused on, uh, ensuring that his life when we're gone can be as rich and uh, independent as possible. And that means a whole lot of, there's a whole cascade of things that, that means that we're doing today. Um, in terms of what I want to, how I want to live in this world and do, you know be and have an impact i'm very focused on using my own gifts to make a difference for others uh and trying to do that in my company do that through my um, writing and my speaking um i don't think work has to suck i think there's too much emphasis on work sucking um and negative stuff and if i can bring a positive outlook and and a responsible outlook like personal responsibility outlook to the mix then i think uh uh, I know for the people I've worked with and myself that has had a huge positive impact and I, I hope to do much more of that through my writing and my speaking. And then, um, you know, for, I'm on, in my charity work, I, I want to do things where I can make a difference. I think of myself as an exponentializer, not an incrementalizer. And so those organizations that mean a lot to me, um, where I can be involved to help them exponentialize their impact, um, and Breakthrough, that's where I'll dedicate my time.
0: I love it. That is that is awesome. Um, so how can people get in touch with you?
1: So I'm super easy to find once you know how to spell my name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so
1: it's, uh, my website is www.leecarraher.com. L-E-E-C-A-R-A-H-E-R.com. I'm on Twitter at Lee Um And you can find my agency. You can find... My writing, my books, all that kind of stuff there.
0: And so with your agency, what kind of clients would be your ideal clients?
1: We work with uh, really three types of uh, clients. We work with the consumer lifestyle clients, so food and beverage, uh, sports and fitness, health and wellness, um, accessories and media. We work with digital clients. Um, digital or technical and innovation clients so video games a lot of video games (laughs) uh video games apps um services saas services that people would use and then we work with wine companies as well so if you're in those three buckets which is pretty wide uh we might be right for you
0: would that would that have anything to do with you being in the backyard of wine country
1: Well, my company – so I acquired – Double Forte acquired an agency that just does wine a few years ago. Now we call it Double Forte Wine. Um, And it's easy to do when you live
0: in San Francisco. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. I bet. Um,
1: They don't really let me near those clients because I don't know a lot about wine except that I like it. (laughs) So I couldn't tell you anything about tannins or, or notes or terroir or anything. I can just tell you, yeah, I like that one. No, I don't. Which is why they don't let me anywhere near those places.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you can be the tester. I mean, you should be the, the taste tester. I'm a good taste tester. <laughs> well, I'll
1: tell you a funny story. So I did go to a wine tasting um event from a very famous wine scorer I won't tell you who
0: I don't know what and the, I went with what, some, what's the score I don't even know what you the know
1: score what you is. see in a in the when you go to the store you see ninety eight points eighty seven points you know score anyway, so I went with several people from the wine practice and they were telling me what to do and what not to do, and Lee don't say this, don't say that, and make sure you spit and all this stuff. I'm like I was so overwhelmed. I just like, you guys go to your. I'm just gonna like but Lee don't talk to anybody, please don't talk to anybody. <laughs> Or don't tell them who you are. I'm like, okay, okay. So I, you know, went and had wine. In the end, you get a little book, and you're supposed to write your notes down. I'm like, I don't know what to write. So I started giving the wines I was tasting my own scoring system. So instead of points, one to 100, I was giving them smiley faces. (laughs) 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 The Australians loved it. The French, not so much. But at the end of the evening, first of all, everyone's a little tipsy. That's for sure, for drinking so much wine. And there's food there, but there's not enough food there um and they were like lee you were, i saw you're writing notes i'm like i can't show it to you and the one woman takes it out she goes oh my gosh look you guys she puts she puts smiley faces and then she goes you gave everybody the wrong smiley faces this one's not a five smiley face i'm like yeah that's the one i like no lee that's a two
0: <laughs>
1: so we still have personal preferences <laughs> and apparently mine don't matter in the wine world <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not, you know, it's it's not uh, it's not lost on me that the that the Australians there would would think it's funny because uh, one of my very good friends is from Aus is, is, lives in Australia and is from Australia and and she would do the same she would she would think that's awesome.
1: Oh, they loved it. They were, they they took my book and they're like, look, I got
0: sweat. <laughs> how come I only
1: got two? Well, I don't really It like, sort of it to me. Oh, really? I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than frowny faces. happy with me. <laughs> 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 anyway. Try to have fun every day. That's my first, you know, that's how I want to live. Have fun every day. Laugh out loud every day.
0: <laughs> well, I I, <laughs> I I believe it. <laughs> I believe it, and uh, so I I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show uh, and and share all these great stories and remember dates that very few of my guests out of <laughs> over three hundred episodes could could recall even one was well, the one was like you were like it's it was two thousand eight and you didn't even like hesitate and then you were like it's September thirteenth and on September fifteenth which by the way it's my birthday for anybody who doesn't know there you go you know <laughs> it, like to go so like that, was that. A
1: terrible birthday September fifteenth two thousand eight. <laughs> You woke up thinking I'm gonna get some cake and at the end of the day you're like that is all crumbs oh my yeah. gosh
0: yeah it wasn't <laughs> wasn't wasn't it really really wasn't the good time right.
1: um so, yeah I remember those things because they you know I'm just gonna say one more thing so you know in as a person or as a leader or as a author or whatever you are in the world right you you sort of get to do the how do you choose to respond to events? That happen every single day, or happen you know once in a lifetime. You know, be intentional with those choices. How are you making that choice to how to respond? Do I burst out into tears? And it's because sometimes I do, right? And then what, right? I mean, because crying is good, but then what do you do with it? And so how you respond, and that's why I think those dates hit me. I'm very clear and. Those dates where there were big moments of having to choose how to respond so I actually moved forward, not backward. And um, that was probably the biggest lesson I've had as a person who had to make choices for other people, right? Either as a parent or as a CEO
0: or as a board member or whatever, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, so I was going to give you an, an a, a, ask you if there's any last thoughts after saying that. I really appreciate you taking the time to be <laughs> on the, the show and and uh, and and, I, and <laughs> So, is there any other last thoughts you'd like to share? Uh,
1: I'm sorry for ruining your show format. How no, about that? <laughs> no, it's
0: never ruined. It's never ruined. Have you seen the Have you seen the logo of the show? I mean, it's hand drawn the night love before it. it launched.
1: I love it. No, I can see it right now. I love it. I'm on your website. I can see it. It's fabulous.
0: Well thank you.
1: And I hope you got a um affiliate link for Sharpies. I'm just saying.
0: I you know, we we've 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 done some reach out, but not not, not enough yet. Not enough uh not not big enough to get noticed by, you know, Sharpie. <laughs> I I well-
1: at least an affiliate like through amazon on that because oh i do a- there you go
0: okay <laughs> i do have that <laughs> even, <laughs> even if sharpies won't right. won't notice yeah. me yet it's okay sorry it's right, we'll get there We'll
1: get, we'll get there. You'll
0: get there. <laughs> um, I mean, I did two books in Sharpie, like uh, so. Right. They, they should they, they owe me a little something.
1: A little something. A pack
0: of markers, <laughs> Oh you know, a pack of markers. No, it, just it, say <laughs>
1: markers. Oh my yeah. gosh.
0: <laughs> Let me tell you how about coloring with with Sharpie is not. Yeah, I had had the fan on in front of me the whole time. <laughs> right. Otherwise,
1: which I see back there, you have your fan over your um logo yeah 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 yeah. (laughs)
0: next
1: to your very cool chair which maybe you sleep in ikea
0: no i do not actually i barely (laughs) get to sit in that chair but i bought it because there's only one other chair in here and i usually have like three or four people see you gotta understand i have an open door policy here right there's no door on my door (laughs) so so when people come in the front door it's like boom like we hang out in joe in joe's studio it's just the way it is (laughs) So, all right. Well, thank you so much again, Lee. I really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, I'd love to have you on the show again at some point.
1: Thank you for having me. I would love to come back and sort of adhere better.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's all good. And if you've enjoyed this episode of the Dreamers Podcast... Uh, you know there's a lot of things that you could do to support the show really all i ask is that you just share this with a friend if you got something out of it if you got something out of you know one of the previous episodes share it with a friend and just you know help them make their day learn some business lessons and so you know going deep about their their dreams catch you all next week thanks for joining us for this episode of the business podcast featuring super joe pardo Get more business content at superjoepardo.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on The Business Podcast, send an email to joe at superjoepardo.com. The Business Podcast is copyrighted to 234 Solutions, LLC.